In this week's update, more rate pain for Australia, recession looming, businesses to be really squeezed, copper deficit coming to a store near you, and gold held back by higher rates. My name's Gary Davis. As always, this is general advice only, and please remember to like and subscribe to the video. All right, let's start with a perspective on what's going on, and uh, we've been immune from a recession for three decades or more but our economic luck may just be running out because uh, a whole lot of factors are, are coming together now. And uh, anyone that's watched this video for any length of time knows that I'm a, uh, a real glass half full kind of person. Um, this is, you know, you're always better off having a, a positive outlook, but um, the number of issues that are mounting up at the moment really uh, is becoming quite significant. And it's pretty obvious now that the, the from the middle class down are really under mounting pressure. And I and I get the feeling that the cycle really is only just getting started. Um, many businesses are under increasing margin pressure from cost increases and the inevitable consumer slowdown that that is going to come. There's, you know, if you sat down and to write a list of all the the um, headwinds that are facing consumers, it's it's a considerably long and depressing list. So I don't think there's much doubt that we're going to see some sort of uh, economic contraction. And then, of course, there'll be job losses that go with that. And so the spiral goes on. So it's not a pretty picture at the moment. And it, and it pains me to say it, but you can paint a pretty grim picture for society where our political leadership, and this is not a political statement, it applies across the spectrum to all parties, our political leadership is failing in an absolutely dismal fashion. So it's hard to see what is going to turn around some of these very considerable headwinds and put us back on a, on a better path. Now our market, of course, it's not my role to be a social commentator, but to comment on the market and, and where we can best invest and how we can best invest. And the market will not be immune from all of the forces that I've just discussed above. And, you know, a return to the to the early 90s in terms of the economic and social pain is is quite real. I think it's going to be most unwise to simply go along with the old diversified formula. And look, that's really easy to do, because we've all got busy lives. And if you're not a, uh, if you're not someone that's really interested in investing, it's just something that you know you have to do. Then it's just so easy just to slip into the old old formula of of buying the the household names and diversifying your your portfolio. But it's going to be very unwise to do that in um, in coming years. So I think investors really must look for the niches that are going to continue to expand and profit and prosper. And that's pretty much all that I ever talk about in this Sunday video. It's um, it's finding those parts of the market where you can do well and just forget about the rest. So I think this message is is never been any more important than uh, than it is at the moment. Let's turn to America. The S&P was up. 0.4% across the week. And the US market is certainly moving ahead very nicely. And it's defying a lot of what I just talked about, which also applies to America. 
And I guess the difficulty here for investors is knowing the time span under which these things are going to come to um, come to fruition. We did see last week, uh, I guess the, the, the notable story that I talked about last Sunday was the big move, the sudden move in, in the Russell 2000 for small caps. And that uh, excellent momentum that occurred the Friday before last had excellent follow-through. Um, during during last week, and um, and the Russell was the was the outperformer last week. U.S. dollar index uh, did edge down uh, down to one hundred three and a half. The yield didn't really change much, up, up about 002 percent. But the VIX is is down to thirteen point eight. I mean, we're getting down to levels that we saw in 2017, 2018 when when the market complacency was was really quite extreme. So 13.8 is a very low reading compared to what we've seen over the last three years. And the 10-year, two-year spread continues to scream recession at negative uh, 0.84. So let's jump into the charts. And I'll start with the Russell 2000. And this is where we stood uh, a week ago. This was the, the huge move on Friday on uh, nearly double the, the normal volume. And, and this is a massive uh, ETF, you know, 48 million shares at $180 a pop. It shows you the uh, the level of turnover for that. So for that sort of volume increase, it really was um, really something very significant. So that was where we stood a week ago. Let's, what hap- let's see what happened as it unfolded. A bit of a Bit of a rethink, bit of profit taking on Monday. That's pretty normal. Then another big surge on Tuesday on even larger volume. So that was incredibly positive. Followed up again with a gap opening on Wednesday. And uh, again, the volumes being sustained here very significantly. Bit of a pause day, bit of an undecided day on, on Thursday, as you can see. And then we finished off the week again down slightly, but... Um, Overall, for that six-day period, enormously positive. So you've got to you've got to conclude that the momentum and the money flows in America are um, are moving strongly in that direction. And and this was also in a week when the the moves in the by the U.S. Treasury Department to um, raise more money must be sucking some capital out of the equities market. So this was um, this was terribly impressive. If we look at uh, the Nasdaq, <clears throat> still continues to rise very strongly. Uh, this moving average here is the eight-day moving average, and it's sustaining itself above the eight-day moving average. That's how strong the trend is. I mean, normally a, a strong trend will track along to the twenty-day, which is this one, but we're not even getting back to there. So this is enormous strength in the U.S. market, which sort of defies the logic. No, it definitely defies the logic, that's for sure. But as I've said for many years, logic is overrated in the stock market and you've got to pay more attention to um, to the actual um, charts themselves. This is the equal, equal weighted S&P 500 that I showed last week. Um, pretty much did what what the um, what the S and P um, the the market cap weighted one did, you can see some very nice volume spikes in that equal um, 
equal weighted um, index. But this is the S&P edged ahead, really not, not a great deal happened there uh, during the week. Let's look at, um, at where some of the individual money flows went. NASDAQ versus the S&P continues to rise very strongly. Uh, semiconductors versus the S&P, similarly, this, this is an absolute rocket ship, the S&P, which are the uh, semiconductors. The compar relative comparison charts between the various sectors over the last quarter, no real change uh, in, that, in that order. Uh, although consumer discretionary, thanks to Tesla and Amazon, uh, really have powered that along. And, you, and you'd have to say that over the last couple of weeks that consumer discretionary um, has probably been the outperformer in America. But I can tell you that's that's a heck of a lot about Tesla, which makes up about 20% of that um, that particular index. So you know, that sort of waters down its importance. And uh, finally, this is the Russell 1000 growth versus 1000 value. So again, you can see the, the money flows are unequivocally clear in, uh, in America. Now, if we just check out the currencies, there's the US dollar on a weekly chart. So a bit of indecision the week before, turned down a little bit. So we're really still stuck in this range between 100 and a half and around 105. And um, I'll have an, another comment to make about the US dollar uh, when we get to gold. And just the Australian dollar. So the Australian dollar rebounded very strongly and commodity prices did, um, did reasonably well during the week as well. And that certainly helped. So it's been quite a strong rebound there. All right, Aussie stocks, 66.72 is where we finished. Our index was down 0.3% uh, across the week, and it's just it's doing nothing. The sideways shuffle continues at the um, at the ASX 200 level. The leaders, um, technology, um, materials, and healthcare, are the leading sectors, and really just forget the rest. Um, so let's just take a look at those sectors. So we'll start with materials. So, so what I want you to focus in on here is the red line, the 200 day moving average, just the orientation of that, the direction of it, is it pointing up, sideways or down? And where the index is in relation to that 200 day moving average. And then of course also where the shorter term moving averages are. So quite clearly, the material sector is looking quite positive and it's looking far better than the ASX 200, which is just flat and has been flat for three years. So if you're looking to try and make headway with a, with a widely diversified portfolio, then and you're wondering why you're not getting anywhere, then that's why. Because it's, um, it's just a sideways, um, sideways shuffle. Uh, this is the information technology sector so it's done uh, really well really picked up following the US market and you can see again all the moving averages all lined up in the way that they should be healthcare has done uh, done quite well so the 200 day pointing up and um, and the price well above that but when you look at finance pretty disappointing we've we've now got the 200 day 
moving average rolling over. So, you know, if you've got a portfolio that's heavily weighted to the banks and the outlook for the banks is, is not great in a contracting economy, then, um, you know, don't expect too much um, for some time. This is energy. 200 days still pointing up, but that's really only off the strength of what we saw back here in 2022. The, the current situation is... Um, is pretty flat for the energy sector. And looking at um, the Emerging Companies Index, which is um, 200 companies in the bracket from 350 to 600 by market cap, and it's really looking pretty negative as well. But the good news is that there are niches, a lot of them are around uh, materials, um, critical minerals, and also technology. There are stocks and sectors that are doing well. They're narrow parts of the market, but that's what you want. That's the part of the market that you want to be after. All right, turning now to precious metals. Gold was up $13 to 1961. Logic says that gold should be much higher. And I'll come back to that in just a minute on the next slide. But the money flows are just not supporting gold. And um, it's it's quite hard to understand why that's the case, but we've been in that situation now for quite a number of years. The Australian dollar gold price uh, slipped a bit further, uh, down to 29.39, but look, that's still profitable, very profitable territory for Australian gold miners. If you look at GDXJ, it's really just reflecting the, the weakness in the metals. But I thought I would just share with you some comments that I read from um, uh, from a gentleman called Jake Klein, who's the chairman, executive chairman of Evolution Mining, which is our second biggest miner now that Newcrest has um, has is disappearing from our market. Um, and he makes a very strong and logical case for why gold should rise and why gold should rise a great deal. And I think in the end he will be proven correct, but the time frame under which that's happening is is really um, very, very hard to discern. Now, essentially, he identified a number of, of reasons why gold should be rising and will rise a lot further in the future, bearing in mind this is, this is his opinion. The global financial distress, and I don't think anyone can argue with that wherever you look, there, you know, the, the escalation of debt and the stresses that that's going to cause, increasingly, we've, we've got a situation that's not getting any better and it's getting significantly worse. If you focus in on the world's largest economy, the US, their debt is now $31 trillion plus a bit, and it's growing at $100 million an hour. Now, I don't know about you, I, I can't really get my head around $100 million an hour, but it doesn't sound like a very good position to be in. The demise of the US dollar as a reserve uh, currency um, is, is very, very significant as far as gold's concerned. And certainly both China and Russia would be delighted to um, see diversification away from the US dollar. And so that would have enormous ramifications for the world's financial system, um, you know, quite aside from the impact, the, the, uh, the pricing impact on gold but just the destabilization that will occur as, um, as I think you know, the world does progressively move away from the US dollar as a reserve currency. 
Now, again, this this is a time time frame that's extremely difficult to anticipate, probably not even worth thinking about, but the, the trend would appear to be there. And then, of course, we've got decarbonisation, which is going to add, um, you know, pick a number, but $125 trillion was, uh, was a number that, um, that was quoted to add to the existing inflationary forces. Gold should do well in an inflationary environment. So there's really no argument with that case for gold rising a lot, but then that case has existed for a number of years and it hasn't it's yes it's moved gold up from around the 1600s in the last uh, couple of years but um, it's it's really probably not performing as as many gold bulls thought it should and would like to see so that's the uh, that's the situation for gold let's just look at the uh, the gold chart so that's gold on a weekly so we had a steadying week the week before and then a little bit up. Um, but in the, um, in the short term, it, it has lost momentum. So we got up here in early May. So about six weeks ago, we formed a new um, intraday high up at um, uh, 2094. But since then, as we'll see from the daily chart, it's um, it's eased right back again. So it had a little look over the top, took fright, and um, and is hurried back down into the 1900s, and really just going sideways at this point in time. So that's gold. Other commodities: copper was higher a little bit, 379. Nickel also up just a touch. What I find absolutely staggering and and inconsistent <clears throat> with this. Um, you know, community, society-wide uh, push for for critical metals is that copper capex, so the capital expenditure on developing more copper mines, is 15% below the peak of the last cycle, which was in 2013. Now that's according to to UBS. That's quite extraordinary when you when you think 10 years on and everything that's happened in the critical minerals space that the amount of money being spent on copper is is 15% less than it was a decade ago at at the cycle peak and so it it really when you combine that with the declining mine output which is just a natural phenomenon that's always going to happen um, and we've also got mining output decreasing for other reasons as well that are also include weather civil unrest and um, and nationalisation issues, then you put all that together, and um, you know just how does that marry up with sharply de- rising demand? So you've got you've got inadequate investment, you've got output declining, you've got sharply rising demand, you've got to end up in a deficit, and yet the copper price is not looking forward. 18 months to two years when this very significant deficit is going to hit. It's just looking at, you know, five minutes down the road. So as I've been saying now for several weeks, I think there's an enormous contrarian opportunity in the copper space. Crude oil, uh, 70.34, down a little bit on the week, um, down $4 uh, across the week. 
just uh, checking in on lithium and also to the, the news around uranium is um, con just continues to get better and better. But uranium is another one with gold that's been frustratingly slow to live up to what the fundamental logic would, would dictate. But the lithium news continues to um, to advance. Um, the the EU in the EU there were new uh, EV sales in April, which were fifty two percent up on the month before. That's according to the European Automobile uh, Manufacturers Association. So that's that's very significant. Um, and sorry, how things have changed. Um, just go back a month or two. Uh, where it was all doom and gloom for lithium, and now I'm I'm reading that reportedly some lithium uh, producers are holding back supply because they're waiting for prices. That you know they're so confident that prices are rebounding that they're holding back supply. So the wheel has turned um, very very quickly in uh, in lithium, which was always probable because the decline in lithium was a manufactured to a degree, and, and B, just ran away from itself on sentiment. So this, uh, this switch back to reality um, is, uh, is no surprise. There's the spot copper chart up a little bit, similar with nickel. So wrapping it up, the local economy is in for very tough times. I think if you don't factor that into your investment plans, then you're just not being realistic. And our um, our ability to dodge recessions um, after 12 rate rises in 12 months has eventually got to, got to take its toll. And there's no indication yet on what the RBA is saying that they're finished yet. There could be, there could be at least another one and, uh, and possibly another two, depending on, on what inflation does. And, um, and with, the, um, with the wages outcome uh, just last week or the week before, that's got to add to inflationary pressures. So the, 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 op, the chance of getting a, a spiral in wages feeding into higher prices, feeding into higher wages, and so it goes, becomes more likely. We're in a very precarious situation in Australia. And if investors want to prosper, then it's really essential to question the investment process that you're using. If you're doing the same old, same old that you did last decade and the decade before that, then, you know, I, I really don't like the outlook. There are only certain narrow parts of the market that are going to perform well. And so you just need to get real about the fact that you've, you've really got to pay great attention to what you're doing in the investment market. Now, portfolio analyst last week. It was uh, the taking stock session, which is a, a skills building session we do uh, once a month. They're always very productive. We always get really good feedback um, from the perspective and the and the added skills that uh, that that brings. That's it for this week. Um, I'll be back with you next Sunday, um, hopefully with uh, with some more positives. And there's more information on the website. My email address is there and I'll see you next Sunday. Cheers.